0: This podcast represents the opinions of Katie Allen, PA, and guests of her show. The content is for informational purposes only and in no way sets up a patient relationship. Consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, here's Katie Allen. Jay Andrew, as always, for your introductions. We appreciate that greatly, and you make us sound extra special. I have today Jen Cobbs, Certified Physician Assistant. We're going to discuss diversity in the aesthetic industry, which I really maybe should say the lack of diversity in the aesthetic industry, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Jen Cobbs is a graduate of the Medical College of Georgia. 16 and a half years ago, she happens to be a classmate of mine, and then has been doing aesthetics for over nine years, right? She is an expert, to say the least, in Botox, filler or Thread, CRP, and basically anything that you can think of in relation to aesthetics. She has been a trainer for Allergan, which is the company that has Botox and Juvederm-type injectable products, and also is a trainer for Refant, which has the RHA product. She is a founder of JC Aesthetics, her own company, which has different entities to it, um, but part of it is injection as a whole of, a, of different things and also uh, skincare and energy-based devices, but it's really where she's merging art and science with a focus on creating natural looking results for the face and body for patients who enhance their self-image and uh, self-confidence overall that's where we get to live vicariously through our patients feeling better about themselves she also does trainings with these different companies but you also trainers that are out there if you're listening to this so that i don't forget to tell you you can book your training sessions if you would like to train with her uh, through her website Uh, and patients can book with her for filler and injectables or uh, going in for consults to get her expert opinion through her website too her web site and we'll have this listed as well is www.jcestheticsllc.com and it looks easy to book either trainers with the ability to get more training sessions with her expertise or patients if you're looking to get her expert knowledge, advice, and treatment through her, you can also book with her on there. Jen, tell me about all of a sudden I saw in here we have Lemons
1: Lemon Avenue lemon lemon
0: Avenue. <laughs> so tell me about this Lemon Avenue because I'm just now hearing about it myself and I don't want to do poorly on undis- on. What's going on? So tell me about what this is. No
1: problem, and thank you so much for having me. So Lemon Avenue Atlanta is a new practice opening in Atlanta. There's a Lemon Avenue in Dallas, Texas, and we are opening the first location here in Atlanta, and we're super excited. Myself and a really good colleague of mine, Allie McAllister. So to do that, is that also something you should be booked through your website, or is there a phone number they should call? Or yes, correct. So on the website you can book as well as the phone number to book for treatments or appointments. So it's whatever's easiest. You know, I think we're in an environment now where a lot of clients want to just book online and make their appointments when it's convenient. So we're just trying to make it simple and easy for you. Awesome. So
0: that's how you get in touch with this lovely person. We're going to get back to kind of what our topic is. And that is the diversity in aesthetics or the lack thereof. I know Jen, she's a classmate of mine from PA school. And several years ago, maybe five years ago or so, I went to a training one night with Allergan. And I looked across the way and I saw this beautiful black woman that had this glowing skin and probably did stand out to me because she was a beautiful black woman in a sea of a lot of white women. But I started looking and of course I was staring because I thought I recognized this woman. And then I realized, why do I recognize this person? Well, she was a classmate of mine and probably one of the most stressful times of my entire life. But in saying that, what we both have noticed and talked about is when we arrive to these training sessions is how many people you think are at some of the training sessions? Like that one or even the one that we had recently with GAIN? Yeah, with
1: definitely with more people. than 50, 50 to 100 sometimes. 50 to
0: 100? large, yeah. And we oftentimes maybe have, it seems like recently we've noticed maybe three mm-hmm. um, less than five yeah I'm talking more about African American maybe one Hispanic injector we are talking about or so and there can be some things I don't know about but there's an obvious okay. lack of ratio yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> like, wait a minute there's a disproportionate yeah <laughs> there's a disproportionate number so anyway we've noticed it with that you know a lot of times as providers whether it's an aesthetics or other things that patients may not be looking for somebody to look like themselves or be like themselves but it is nice so my hope is that we continue to increase some of the diversity I think Jen and I were speaking earlier about whether or not that ratio mimics the U.S. population, specifically with African-Americans, that we were talking about 13% of the population being made up of African-Americans. Also, not knowing how much those numbers get skewed as races are mixed within each other, but I still think we're not there. We're not even scratching the surface for a lot of different reasons. And when it comes to aesthetics, that really can affect our patients, the treatment of services that are offered. When you're coming into a room, what are your thoughts on when we're going to these conferences and seeing a difference in population.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like I've kind of, it's become such a norm. So, if you think about the fact that we were in our PA class, for instance, and we had maybe five in the class that were um, diverse. So, it Mm -hmm. has naturally become a very normal thing for me to see. Mm -hmm. So, it doesn't, it hasn't really rung true to me that this is any different than what I normally see on a day to day basis Mm -hmm. um, in the industry, but it's just such an opportunity that's missing. So, when I walk in, my job is really to just be a good representation so that others can see that we are all in need of boosting of self-confidence. We are all looking for that opportunity. So when anyone has a patient of any background that is different from their own, that we can recognize and find that ability to connect and find a way to treat them appropriately and effectively.
0: Yes, I I agree. Uh, We were talking earlier too, that I was listening to something from Dr. Sabrina Fabi and her partner, Dr. Stephen Dion, and they have a really good videos on treating different ethnic populations. And we get some training on that, but I really think that coming about in the last year or two, which is unfortunate that I feel like there's a lot of things that have to happen in the media that have been going on anyway. They're just being brought to light in the media, but obviously they're not new. And that's causing enough influence on these other things like aesthetics. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's good that we're having them. But she was mentioning that there was a study that they had seen or, or they had come to the conclusion that when it comes to aging, even in these populations, that Hispanic populations maybe look like they're aging about 10 years lower aesthetically. Again, not talking about organs and things as a whole, but more aging things. And then African-Americans, you might see aging 20 years slower as far as aesthetically. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm Caucasian, so I got real depressed real fast. But... <laughs> Uh, No, I'm not kidding actually Uh, But thankfully we have some aesthetic things And when I'm saying that That is one thing that may affect Some of the amounts of population or diversity that we treat But it's not just about aging in itself When we're treating patients, right? There's a whole lot of things that are bothersome But we need differences to point out When sometimes we all are guilty of unconscious biases Whether it comes to race Or whatever it is that our brain is interpreting Whether it's true or not Because our minds look at something visual what we hear and it it makes an interpretation and evaluation and then it comes to a conclusion about people based on a lot of times our history Mm -hmm. of something.
1: No, that's a really great point. I think that um, when we talk about the provider and their approach to the patient, one of the things is that we're medically trained in a certain way. So if we're not being trained to address those needs or identify the differences in how we would approach it, then providers will naturally not have patients that reflect that. So it kind of goes we'll back avoid to it. Think, exactly, yeah,
0: exactly. They're not good at it. We, we like to be it. good. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So I think that comes back to how we're educated and what we're being taught and then how we interact in society. So if we make it a point to treat people of diverse backgrounds, then we learn more. We yeah. become better as opposed to trying to avoid it or run away from it.
0: Yes. One thing I find is even in the things that we're educating on, we, everybody's different on facial appearances. Sure. But if we are going to, for the of aesthetics, generalized, I hate saying that at all, but generalized mm-hmm. African-American, then maybe our Asian population and then our Hispanic population, which it seems like the Hispanic population is thought to have the largest diversity because of both African background, actually some, that. Indian background somewhat and Spanish. And so with the facial structures, we can see things. So, starting to even go into that is that we have a variety of things that are different in each population. And just speaking on skin itself, for those of you that don't know, skin is classified by basic whether the skin burns good or not, but it's classified on a scale, Fitzpatrick scale. And we make a lot of decisions based on that scale. And it has to do with coloration of the skin and then what that skin does or reacts to. Patrick one would be as white as white can be. i not quite albino, but it, it, you burn. You, there's nothing a Two to give you an example is somebody that burns for the most part. They might start to get a tan after a little bit. I'd say some of this gets a little cute, but, uh, and then a three to me can burn, but it's going to definitely turn into a tan is what I start to think of. And then I, everything four to six starts to scare me for the voice of treatment. So I tend to start lumping things together, which is not right. But where you go up to six is as dark, dark as we get and so treatment wise we think of things whether it being higher risk for problems to happen and so we might need to say no to a certain treatment but we use the scale medically to do a lot of different things whether it increases people's risk factors or not the other thing we do as providers assessment for instance a lot of our asian population can look quite light in color but their fitzpatrick is actually high meaning that scarring can be dark higher degrees of scarring and so it can really throw people off as we have mixed i guess mixed for lack of a better word ethnic population Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, you got to ask the questions as providers to assess these things in advance. What was it that you were telling me earlier about energy-based, even devices with skin care and, and things? Yeah,
1: it's really important. One of the things I always think about when you, as a provider, and what devices you want to bring in your practice, for me, the goal is to always think of a device that will treat all Fitzpatrick skin types. Because if I have a patient coming in and they're hearing that this device may treat you know, dark spots, well, in their head, that that treatment would apply to everyone. So when they come in, you have to explain, well, this particular device is not acceptable for your skin type. It's kind of an odd and a hard conversation to have. So having devices that have the modality or the the ability to treat all is really the goal so that you have an inclusive opportunity in your practice for everyone. So I try to think of that as well as what what I would use for skin skincare and things like that. You want products that carry for all Fitzpatrick's. And when we talk about skin, it's obviously such a huge, big subject.
0: In, in general, what do you think some of the treatments are that you're finding to be the most effective but still less risky type energy devices or treatments such as peels in your darker skinned individuals? I know there was a peel that you showed up one day and I'm <laughs> like, what the hell did you do to your skin? It's already, she has beautiful skin if you haven't seen her, but it was definitely a little extra glowy.
1: Um, it was the uh, Revive Enlightenment peel, which is really a great uh, opportunity for me to kind of see what um, a really higher dose hydroquinone uh, peel would do. It's a really great uh, treatment. But for a lot of clients, I think it's still a combination. I mean, I definitely think we do a lot of chemical peels, a lot of microneedling, um, radiofrequency microneedling. So devices that are safe for all no. skin types are typically what we lean towards for that as well as skincare. Because I think a lot of people forget how important sunscreen is. So just basic no. things to make sure we're protecting ourselves from yes. hyperpigmentation yes.
0: as opposed to just treating it. Pigmentation issues seem to be some of the biggest complaints other than when we talk about filler and stuff for a little while are you seeing, you know, we talked about that peel that you just said, but any other treatments that you're, I've been using a lot of good old Retin-A oh, as well oh, and yeah. trying to get people on daily skincare because I think that's some of our least risk things. But what
1: 100%, I agree. I think that everyone should you know, have a daily skincare routine. At the end of the day, you know, what we do with um, with fillers and, um, and devices and, and threading and all these things are fantastic. But if you don't have a great foundation and you don't have a maintenance, a daily maintenance, you're kind of just not really getting the best results for what you're really putting and investing your money in. So I think that is always the foundation. You have any skincare lines you'd like to shout out right now or kind of pull back? I I definitely would shout out. I think Revision um, is one of my favorites. I use them daily, multiple products on the Revision skincare line. And I think that it is a very inclusive line. So I really like that. I also will use Zio Obagi. I think that line is also very
0: (laughs) Those are literally the two that I, I, I'm an Obagi girl and a Revision girl. And honestly, I love Revision. But I, I'm frugal, <laughs> but, I, but I like hearing these things. Yeah. Any other treatments that you just cannot live without
1: for even yourself mm-hmm. or for others? I mean, I, I love a good chemical peel. I love my microneedling. I am. I think that at the end of the day, again, I just want to induce as much collagen and keep the skin nice, bright, and even. So those are my go-to's for just my routine care with my esthetician.
0: So I I want to get into because I know you're an expert in so many ways in aesthetics, but I really want to get into kind of talking about Botox and fillers, just talking about uh, the desires of different patient populations, how we assess and then treat, because different ethnicities have different bone structure often. And again, this is generalized comments, with different bone structure, different skin types, thickness of skin, the desires of different populations through appearances, culture, also trendy stuff. You know, there's just trendy things through all ethnicities that we see, but to kind of go through different populations and what we might be looking at doing. When you have patients come in, do you find that certain populations request certain things in particular or just different per population? And i know you, know, you like myself kind of think about this and go well I mean,
1: it kind of depends there's always a depends but do you find that you're focusing more on certain things no not really it's kind of interesting I think when I look at it it's really all the commonalities like mm-hmm. people want to look less tired they don't want to look angry they want to just put their best foot forward. And so I get a lot of like, what do you recommend for me? Or what could help me look less this or less that? So I spent a lot of time, you know, with mid face correction, I spent a lot of time with Botox, of course, for the upper face. And then I think balance is another really big, important thing for a lot of patients. So just making sure that there's an alignment between the upper, middle and lower thirds. So Chin work and things like that really come into play and making sure lips are balanced. I would definitely say I'm much more of a let's stay in the natural pocket, so I don't get a lot of the more unnatural things. But yeah, scary. Yeah, Yeah, with the scary. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's all the same, and that's what you know. When patients come in and see me that are of diverse ethnic backgrounds, I get a lot of "Is this normal for us? Or is this something that I should be approaching?" Because they don't see it in the media, they don't see it in the marketing, so they don't know what. They don't know. They don't know what the options are. And so it really is a sit down conversation with the yeah. patients about what opportunities are available for them or it is being introduced into the media with more diversity. And yes. it
0: looks so weirdly awkward that <laughs> oh my God, like that's a true admission of how bad our, I don't even know what marketing or commercials were when things were really going on in the media were not new things. They were mm-hmm. just being brought to light. Okay. And then all of a sudden public's home people, whatever they're all hitting it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Y'all, are, this is like an admission, it, and then the fact, yes, of omission, yes, an mm-hmm. admission of omission, mm-hmm. and, and that hits our aesthetic industry as well. I noticed Obaji, and I got excited. Obaji, this is not, I like Obaji, okay, and I was happy they were doing it without. Wanting to sound cynical, I will admit that I also feel a little frustrated and angry because I almost feel like some of this marketing is what marketing does, which is to take something that is trendy and then use that. And then our companies profit off of this. I don't even know how to address that totally other than just to say, I notice, fools. Okay, so back to the injection. I, I was curious to see what you say. A lot of times we were talking about different structures. I find the same thing that you're finding. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still going back into decreasing shadows, increasing light reflection. And no matter the facial structure, you're taking it into account, decreasing the severity of the lines, right? Mm-hmm. Wanting to look softer, like you said, less tired is a big thing mm-hmm. or not pissed off or, you know, all those things that are the big things with aging. Yeah. Botox-wise, mm-hmm. are you treating as many people with Botox in you're African-Americans? Absolutely. You are. right yeah. or
1: not. Okay. There's an opportunity. The the eyes. I mean, those yeah. are those are two that are. I think it's universal. We all want that bright eyed. You know, relaxed yeah. look. So I think it's important. Um, you know, those deep etches in that frown. They happen to everybody. So yeah. it's just a matter of you know, do you want that reflected? in the or why are you looking angry, what's wrong, versus you just want a smooth look for people to just accept you and see you for you. We get to live vicariously
0: through our patients, seeing
1: their excitement, their reactions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many clients when you have this first visit, it's just this very meek demeanor. We're having a discussion about, you know, all of their needs, and we kind of go through the plan, perform the treatment, and that follow-up visit, they walk in the door and you're like, who is this person? Like, completely. <laughs> different person they're confident they're happy they just have this glow and you're like that's not who I met last time but here we are and it's just nice to meet you you know kind of starting all over again but that's the joy in what we do and it's that that change and that energy is like that's what it's all about is giving people that and helping them be their best self anytime wherever they are so I think it's that's the joy of it I love it that's why I like it quick little look up in the mirror
0: and then you go or you go all right I mean I may not be great but I mean that's cool this is
1: acceptable yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if you think about where we've been in the world this last like, two years, we're on Zoom. So what people are seeing yeah. and what how we're being perceived is that they're seeing, you know, you look angry or you look tired. So how do we make ourselves appear through video how we feel on the inside? That's a whole different challenge. Jen really brought a group of together and we use Zoom quite a bit
0: when Zoom was first coming about. Yeah. And these, these are some excellent injectors that look mighty good in, in person. But looking at each other on zoom I mean I couldn't even look at myself I couldn't look myself I was so distracted I had to look away and I was looking at other people going wait a minute you don't you don't look like that at all So when you start to perceive yourself that way, it's it's hard to say I know what I'm talking about. Right, it's
1: hard to like project your confidence in who you are because you're distracted. Exactly. Yes, -hmm. I forget the damn filter. The filter
0: (laughs) on there. After I see myself with a filter, I don't want to go back either. You say it's just the young population. I mean, come on, I look better with a filter by far. I'd like to go back and on inclusivity also when it comes to trainers or injectors and and really providers in our field of aesthetics. But also in the business aspect of it as well, I will say the aesthetic industry, at least from my outside observation, appears to be something that has a very good representation, at least from the visual side that we can see, for females, which is oftentimes not seen in a lot of the corporate world as more balanced, but I, I definitely think the uh, business representation out to our offices, basically our sales representatives of the company, mm-hmm. appear to be more female, but is there diversity within ethnicities that are coming out representing these companies to our offices?
1: Uh, my answer would be a no. <laughs> I'm say maybe not yet. Yes. Hopefully that is something that can change, but I do think Which company's going to step up first? I know. <laughs> Challenge! I do think that you can see some things happening in the corporate level. We're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of changes, but I do think that they made a really good effort to get more marketing material. So you're seeing that diversity Mm -hmm. there, but there's just so much opportunity because I think that as an injector and as a trainer, it's oftentimes where I may see just myself or just a very, very few in that room. And how do we navigate making that better? How do we create more opportunities for those that want to achieve and kind of go up that ladder and become trainers? I think that's the part that probably really needs to be developed or someone needs to, to really take that challenge on, I think. Yes, for years, for PAs,
0: at least we're in the southeast and I mean I was going to a lot of trainings I wasn't seeing really any african-american trainers but also injectors really at the meetings I probably the first one I was telling her that I met in a training session was Amanda Sanders who's with dermatology and she was probably one of the only dermatology PAs that's african-american for a long time and just again underrepresentation of our population as a whole which can really affect treatment and one thing we've also discussed is really in all of medicine And uh, we know that there's been a a history of studies being, well, let's be honest, a lot of medical studies in general, before we even get to aesthetics, predominantly in decades in the past were done on white males, not even on females. And then we weren't studying necessarily a variety of ethnicities, which can affect treatments, obviously. In the aesthetic market, when we're talking about injectables and things like that, that oftentimes there's a underrepresentation of diversity with the patient population that they're doing these studies on until we start correcting some of the research and the science but we a treatment space we're calling you out companies because that's a big deal we are making you a lot of money and and I say that it it is still a business and we're treating patients but in order to be able to do that appropriately and know that we're doing that
1: safely we need you guys to be doing the research on all populations well for providers I think we just have to challenge ourselves to get outside of our comfort zone of what we normally do to make ourselves available to learn because the only way we can you know really break that from our standpoint, of course, we need to know that it's safe and effective for the patient, but then actually seeing those results and building a portfolio that is diverse enough for patients to see, i.e. marketing, how the companies market, how we market, and then Mm -hmm. patients will then feel more comfortable coming in.
0: Yes, totally correct. Totally correct. A lot of times it does start at the top of all companies. And if our C-suites are not being appropriately represented, um, not everybody's the same, but there's commonalities is what you're saying. So
1: I mean, I think, yes, we are all diverse and different and we have different, you know, cultural upbringings and everything, but we have certain things that are common. So finding that commonality is really important to make sure that, you know, that's how we are connected in the world. Right. Right. So that's how we can build those bridges that we don't really understand by finding what we have in common and then building from there.
0: And and really, in the end, my my hope is, is when we really talk about the fact that we're unified Mm -hmm. I want to be unified. I think you and I are unified. But do I feel like even as an aesthetic industry that we're truly unified? It's a cool Mm -hmm. thing to say. We want it. But we got to be all together on the same page when it comes to the studies that are done, the uh, products, the services that are offered. The marketing that's there to me again, that being the goal. Admitting, I think, out loud too, that we're not there, guys. We're not. Have um, we come a ways? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think we're far enough along in this industry, for what it's worth, even as a nation, that we can really celebrate that yet. I appreciate Jen, you coming and talking to me today uh, and talking to our group. I obviously love you. You saw me in my most horrible moments. Of mine. <laughs> stressed out time in PA school, and just really cool to have reconnected. For those of you that are looking for a provider that I truly trust and to to evaluate you appropriately, to to help you decide what is best for you, to help you to feel your best safely, I would suggest contacting Jen, com, and there is a place that you can book to see her as a patient, or for those of you that are injectors, if you are interested in training sessions, you can book with her there and contact. Her. I think that's probably the best way. I am excited. Advertisement that came out, just, she's got her hands in so many things. She is uh, taking a hold of what her goals and dreams are and making them happen. I am pumped. Again, thank you so much for joining me on Make Me Pretty Podcast.
1: Uh, thank you for having me,
0: Katie.